The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Mike Paulden, assistant professor at the School of Public Health at the University of Alberta to the show. Mike, how are you? Hi, Bogan. Thanks for having me. I'm good, thanks. Thank you. Uh, so, proposed new regulations, if they're adopted this summer, which we are expecting, Canadians could be paying much less for drugs within about a year, and that's with or without pharmacare. And that is thanks in large part to research by the University of Alberta. Take us into that. Okay, so the field that I work in is uh, health economics, and specifically I research and develop methods for conducting economic evaluations of healthcare interventions, so drugs, diagnostic tests, medical devices, public health programs, that sort of thing. And recently I chaired a federal committee that provided some technical advice to the Patented Medicines Price Review Board, the PMPRB. That's a federal government agency that... um, that sets maximum drug prices for Canada. And the technical advice uh, that I provided was uh, related to some recent proposed amendments to the, uh, the rules that the PMPRB uses when they set maximum drugs prices. Um, so what they're proposing to do for the first time is consider something called pharmacoeconomics. So they're gonna look at how much new drugs cost, but also the benefits that new drugs provide to patients uh, and determine a maximum price on that basis. Now, Professor, the the government is estimating these new rules. It would save you and I and Morgan and all of our listeners over $12.5 billion over the next 10 years. How realistic is that number? So it's, it's difficult to say because currently the prices that are paid are secret. So right now we have public list prices for drugs. Uh, but there is an organization called the PCPA, which negotiates lower prices for the public health care system. And those prices are not made public. So I don't know what those prices are. Um, so I, I can't tell you um, how realistic that price is, uh, that figure is, for the, for the amount of saving. Um, but there would probably be savings if they were to use pharmacoeconomics at the federal level, um, because you would be able to use the, the full negotiating power of the federal government to, to lower drug prices across Uh, the whole of Canada, uh, rather than relying on provinces to negotiate prices um, themselves. So this new system, for example, I mean, I've been on a a certain medication and I've seen the price go from $40 for a certain number of pills, then it went down to $24 and now I'm taking a different brand and it's $20. Is this new system going to curb that? So the thing to bear in mind with with drugs is these are patented drugs, right? So there is a, a monopoly provider of the drug. Um, and we also have a system within the public system where we have a single payers, right? So each, each province has a single payer. So this doesn't behave like a, a regular market where there, are, where there are lots of buyers and lots of sellers. Um, so we need some way of deciding uh, as, a, as a public health system how we are going to set a maximum price on new medicines. Um, so what this system would do for, for, for yourself would, would, be, would look at um, the benefits of the medicine that you're taking. Um, and we have all sorts of, of, uh, of methods for measuring those benefits. Um, and it would look at the additional costs of that medicine. And there would be a, uh, a maximum price per unit of benefit. Um, so the most common uh, measure of benefit is, is something called the quality adjusted life year. Um, and it measures two things that are important. The first is length of life. And the second is quality of life. So medicines that will extend your life, they, they have value. But even medicines that don't extend your life but give you a better quality of life, they also have value. And the quality is a measure that combines both of those 
uh, into a single metric. So there would be a maximum price per quality adjusted life year. Um, so depending on how effective your particular drug is, um, the maximum price will be based upon that. So other countries using this method, what sorts of benefits have they seen thus far? So uh, the UK is probably the best example. Um, they've been using these, these, these methods for over a decade now. And the UK is notable for being the only country that has published an explicit uh, threshold uh, in terms of how much they are willing to pay per quali. Um, so uh, 20 to 30,000 pounds per quali. Um, and, and the benefit is that gives a very clear signal uh, to the manufacturers of new medicines that if they can produce a medicine um, that is highly effective and they can produce it in an efficient way, then this is the sort of price that they can set for their medicine. So there's more predictability there. Um, and it also um, it stops manufacturers setting prices that are not uh, commensurate with the value of, of the medicine. Um, so if, if we didn't have these sorts of mechanisms, you could have medicines that cost many, many times that for the benefit that they provide. Professor, with the new regulations, are there any naysayers emerging? Yeah, so the, uh, the manufacturers of medicines, the pharmaceutical companies, uh, are very critical of these regulations. They say that yeah, they will result in lower prices and that will result in lower profits. Um, the uh, patient advocacy groups are also very concerned about this. They, they, they're concerned that lower prices will mean lower profits and, and companies not launching medicines in Canada or launching them later than they do now. So, so there is some concern there. Um, the, the research that I do is looking at... Um, what are the implications for other patients when new medicines are funded? So within a public healthcare system, um, you have a constrained budget. That budget increases year upon year, but at any moment in time, there's a, a limited pool of resources. And whenever we fund a new medicine from that pool of resources, other patients are affected. So there are other patients who are on waiting lists. Perhaps we could have treated them a little bit sooner had we not spent the money on the new drug, for example. Um, there are all sorts of services that are not provided through the public health system. Perhaps we could have provided greater access to those services. So I'm interested in how much health other patients lose when we spend money on new medicines. And that allows us to consider all patients here, not just the patients that gain from new medicines, but all the patients so we can look at what prices would improve population health. Um, so that's the flip side of this. Uh, if you have low prices, the medicine might not be launched. If you have very high prices, then the health loss incurred by other patients might be greater than the health benefit enjoyed by the patients that receive the medicine, such that population health is diminished. So you need a balance. We need a price somewhere in between where the medicine is profitable, but it improves the health of all Canadians. You touched on it briefly, but uh, if you could, if Canada were to stay the course and not go the route that is suggested in this report, what would the impact be on Canadians? Well, so currently the methods I'm talking about, this pharmacoeconomics, is currently used at the provincial level. So, so by, by consolidating this at the federal level, there would be greater negotiating power and you would, you would expect lower prices. Um, so if we didn't follow these, 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 uh, if these new regulations were not implemented, um, then the, the sort of economics that I'm talking about will still be implemented, but the, the, the single payers at the provincial level would not have the negotiating power um, that the federal government would have. So you, you might expect to have higher prices as a result. Professor, when, when we're talking about making, hit, hit, making sure you hit that sweet spot between mm. new medicine, making sure people already in the hospital aren't losing out on anything, yeah. what sorts, like this, this seems like a, a very complex <laughs> a formula. It, it's very complex, right? So there are two things to think about here. So, so um, how much health 
do other patients lose when we spend money on new medicines? And there is empirical research emerging on that. Um, Canada is a few years behind other countries. So um, other countries that the, the PMPRB consider to be similar to Canada, so the UK, Australia, Spain, countries with similar GDP, similar healthcare systems to Canada. In those countries, researchers have actually already completed this sort of empirical research and published it. And we're looking at around about $25,000 to $30,000 Canadian dollars, if you convert it, per quali, um, is how much health we are losing when we spend money, uh, spend money on new medicines. Um, so that's really useful research. And we need to do more of that research here in Canada so that we understand within Canada how much do other patients lose out when we spend money on new medicines. The other thing we need further research into is what is that reserve price that manufacturers of new medicines have? Um, at what point will they walk away and say that it's not worth launching a medicine in Canada? We have very little data on that. Uh, so we need to understand both of these things. You know, what, what is that lowest price at which the manufacturer will walk away? What is the highest price at which the medicine starts to diminish population health as a whole? And then we can understand uh, where to price within that, within that range. A big picture assessment from Mike Paulden, an assistant professor at the School of Public Health at the University of Alberta. Professor, thank you so much for taking the time to chat Thanks with us. Thank you very much. Have a good day.